What's up, Extraordinaires? Brett Young with Urban Young coming at you right now. Hey, we're excited. We've got some cool guest appearances on some other podcast episodes, and we wanted to put those in the feed just to guys give you as much uh, content as we possibly could. On some of these playbacks, we just decided there was rich information uh, that served with our same message here, which is uh, epitomizing excellence in everything that we do. So we hope you guys get a lot of value out of this. It was fun being on there. We want to say thank you for all of the, the podcast hosts for the collaboration. And as we do these guest appearances, we'll make sure to drop these not only in the feed for the podcast, but also right here on YouTube too. So thank you guys so much for your support and your love and be extraordinary. All right. Well, welcome everybody to a very special episode. I'm excited to kick this off, man. It's been couple text messages at least in the works but uh crossover episode between getting past the premium and the be extraordinary podcast with the one and only brett young how we doing man i'm good good to see you brother yeah this has been uh something we've been talking about doing for a while and uh you know i'm excited to uh to kick it off yeah thanks for thanks for putting it on the calendar and making it happen it's been fun yeah, so we want to focus, and hopefully this is something we do right on a somewhat consistent basis. We don't know. Hopefully, you know, if we get good feedback, we'll do it more frequently, right? But really centering around this concept of building a business, not building a book or building an agency, right? And it takes a different mindset when you're thinking about how do I build my business versus just build my book to a certain degree, Right. Uh, and it all comes down to what's your goals and what, how do you want to, what do you want to do with your business? Um, but that's really where we want to center this, uh, this conversation around over the course of time. Cause I think there's a lot of different meanings to that and things you got to build in your agency to become a business. Right. So first off, Brett, you articulate this really well. So like, what does that mean to you when you say, you know, we should be building businesses, not agencies or not books of business. To me, what it means is that we just get lost in the insurance uh, process, and we think that uh, you know we just we get so inundated with trying to write insurance uh, that we forget that this is a business and it works just like almost every other business, and it's we we complicated it by making it by thinking that we're special because we have a license and we sell insurance because we know certain things and it, we get so it's, we get so technical and we just, it, the fundamentals of building a business are the same. And if we can learn more about what those fundamentals are in a broader sense of all business, then in essence, we're gonna have a lot more success in our craft, in our industry. Because from my perspective what we, and, and what we've seen is that you know, agents and agency owners, they hit this plateau. And the reason they hit this plateau is because, you know, they just didn't build it with the end in mind. They built it as an agent, as a producer, and they didn't build it in something that could be scaled um, because the foundational principles of what that looks like were not the focus. It was more, how do I get good at writing insurance? Um, and I just, you know, that's definitely level one, but level two, level three, level four, level five, and beyond really have almost nothing to do with that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Why, why do you think so many folks, because I've always thought of this, like, I, why do you think people are starting as an agent and not thinking further than just working on their book, if that makes sense? You know, they're not really thinking about building that business. 
I think people who work, they're agents. You got to learn to be an agent first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the idea of like someone comes into the business, they're like, man, I already, they're just trying to make that work. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to become a great sales professional. I'm trying to become a great advisor. I'm trying to become a great insurance agent. And, um, you know, so I think it's just, you get caught in the loop. You know, like today I woke up, had a great, you know, workout, did a morning, but now I'm inundated with all the shit that comes for the day. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm not, you know, necessarily uh, planning what this looks like. So I think being intentional about how you want to end, where you want to be and giving yourself space to do that is really important because you need, you, you, most of the time, not everybody, I guess people that have been very successful building large, large, large agencies, they were never agents. Um, and there's a clue for you, but most people are <laughs> going to start off as agents and they're going to get good at that craft. They're going to learn the business as I did it. And, and that's how my partners did it. And then once you uh, have ma- have mastered that, or, uh, you're in mastery. You're never mastering anything, but you're in the mastery phase. Then at least you know that that's to get you to the next phase if that's what you choose to desire to do. But knowing that the reason that you're trying to get to a mastery level in that craft is to get to the next uh, phase. So beginning with the end in mind, I think is the biggest important part. Like it's like I got to get good at this so I can teach it. And I got to get good at this so I can teach it so that I can teach them to teach it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so you just have a different, if you, if you, if you approach it from that perspective, you just have a different viewpoint, you have a different perspective on why you're getting good at something relative than just, well, I want to write a lot of business. Um, and I think we should all start that way, but knowing where you want to end is the, is the big caveat to that because we get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, a, that's a good point for everybody is begin with your end in mind, not necessarily, it doesn't, the same end doesn't apply to everybody, right? And maybe you just want to build a book that sustains a lifestyle and you're good with that. That's totally fine. That's not what we're necessarily discussing here, right? We're saying, you know, you want to take it beyond that, start hiring people, you know, start to create a business um, and start with that end. So, but it's important for you to decide what that is, right? Yeah, I think like uh, one of the best examples I could give is uh, there's a there's a lot of different ways to describe this, but people, even the people that uh, that you know we're mentoring and grooming inside of our organization right now, the leaders, if you will, inside the organization, there is this thought process that I don't need to do these certain things until I have somebody that I'm leading, until I have a couple people that I'm leading, then I'll start doing these things. It's like no, no, no it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Before you were ever in charge with influencing and leading people you should be doing the thing that would in turn attract those people to want to follow you and the person that doesn't do those things in the beginning when they have nobody following them is obviously not beginning with the end in mind they're not beginning with the idea that i need to become this person i need to become attractive i need to become magnetic i need to be the person that does the thing like so it happens over and over again. It's like, why, why am I doing this? This doesn't make sense. Of course, it never makes sense until it makes sense. But then when it makes sense, it's like, well, thank God I've been doing that forever. You know, like I, I it, something as simple, simple as this, like the, even the, the concept of like physical exertion and working out, like becoming a person that, that you, you want to lead people, I believe is very important in regards to just physical fitness. I just believe that. Because those, it creates a discipline, it creates an attractiveness, it creates a morning routine, it creates a level of proficiency. Uh, and, and so, but it's like, 
well, I'll do all these things when somebody's looking at me to be the model. It's like, well, you, 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 you've you got it out of order. Like you've got you've got to do that before you've earned that right. And that's just a they're 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 linked, whether you whether someone wants to believe it or not. Like that is a it's a business principle because it's a leadership principle. It's a becoming an attractive person principle. It's an influence principle. So that has nothing to do with insurance. You know, it has nothing to do with sales. It has nothing to do with advising a client. Like it has everything to do with uh, creating an example of becoming an attractive person. So something subtle as simple as that is like, I feel like it gets lost. And somebody says, well, I just can't get people to follow me. I can't get people to, to respond to me. And it's like, well, let's start back at the start. Like what, what are they responding to? You know, just because you tell them to do something, you know, just because you have a title, you're a manager, somebody promoted you and now you're in charge of a result. Like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down in the future too of just becoming a good leader. And leadership is often viewed as just, oh, Brett's just a natural leader. He just is a good leader. Like, you know, people follow him. It's great. Um, and it is a contrasting to that. Leadership is actually a skill that you need to learn and work on no different than physical fitness or shooting a basketball or whatever it is, you know, and you, you have to take one thing, work on it, master it. You have to take the next thing, work on it, master it. And like you're saying, you know, do that before you're in a leadership position. Right. And then it'll come natural when you're in a leadership position. So literally this morning we have a, uh, a text called core so we have a, a group with inside the organization that we call core meaning they live by the core philosophies and core principles of the business it has nothing to do with their title it's nothing to do with their position it's nothing to do with their tenure all those those do have influence on where they sit in that cycle but it has to do with people that are committed to the process of what we believe makes an extraordinary human being and i sent a text out this morning and it was a you know said pop quiz what is the first step of finding or influencing someone to become core and the you know the answers poured in and of course my two partners got it because we've been doing this for 15 years but the answer is you become core it has nothing to do with anybody else it's nothing to do with anybody else but most people are thinking well how do i learn all these different things to help find the right piece or, or recruit talent or hire or train or just take all the problems that we have within the insurance industry when it comes to people. I can't find good people. All these self-limiting beliefs that, but you're you're trying to impose something on somebody that you you're not even focused on yourself. Like the first step to finding people that are good people is you become good. The first step of becoming core and committed is you become core and committed. And I'm not talking two months before you decide to hire somebody. I'm talking years <laughs> before, years before. Live it. Yeah, live it. And and so many of us, we're and I'll give you an example. We have a call that we run every two weeks or every week, depending. It's a personal development call. It's at nine o'clock at night. It's not convenient. It is voluntary. And we read a chapter of a book until we're done with the book. Right. And there's all these back and forth about what time's best. And should we do every two weeks or is every week? And it was, there was a lack of participation. And this was in a leadership text as far as like, all right, so how do we line up on this from a philosophy standpoint? And this is a business building principle, right? Everybody's like, well, trying to rearrange everything for the people that are not participating. Well, here's a core philosophy on leadership. You don't focus on the people that don't show up. You focus on the people that are in front of you. You focus on the people that yeah. are doing the thing. You focus on the people that show up. 
And so much of us, want, we want to rearrange everything so we can get everybody to be included. That's not leadership. Like, that's not how that works. Like, I'm going to be on the call. I'm going to be committed. And I, it, it doesn't matter what time. It doesn't matter what the structure is. It doesn't matter. If enough people are committed and, and enough people are there in a part of that core group, everyone else will fall in line. But yet we want to figure out, is it the duration of the calls? Is it the time of the call? Is it the book that we're reading? Is it the chapter? And all that's noise. It's just a distraction, you know? Totally. Couldn't agree more on that. I think that that's a big trap that uh, business owners, agency owners get into with salespeople. You know, we want to, well, I have five, two are just crushing it. They're A players. I have two that are, you know, Bs or they're close. And then I have a C, you know, well, what do I need to do for the C player to get him? And you spend all your time getting the C player to get an incremental better step versus spending that same amount of time on, you know, if you increase your A player by 10%, that's probably 50% more than your C player is going to be able to do. Same with your Bs, you know, we just don't, we don't focus on where that focus needs to be. Now you need to have the, this is assuming you have the appropriate processes, you have the appropriate performance management review process, whatever you want to call it with that C performer. So they know where they're at. They know what their expectations are. They know how they can get help. But some of this, we deal with this all the time internally too, is how much do you rely on driving a culture of self-accountability versus a culture of micromanagement, right? And those are the two extremes, right? So it's somewhere in the middle, but yeah. we battle it all the time of, you know, especially on sales, but really anywhere in the organization, you want people to be self-accountable to the values and to the to their team and everything that, that you want to drive, but it's a tough balance and you got to find where that works for you. But um, it, it is something that is teachable is learnable. Um, and it, it all comes down to, I think you use the word intentionality in there and that's just so key. Yeah. I, I that, that's such a great point. Cause you're right. We're all, we're all guilty of it. Whether it's a call, whether it's a meeting, whether it's an event, whether it's performance, you know, we want to, you know, we want to cater towards the, the the individuals and the people and get them and pull them to where we're trying to go. Right. It's like, why, why can't they respond? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to herd everybody. Like that's not, that's not leadership though. Like that's, that's, it's, you're trying to manage people. Right. And so here's another philosophy that I just, that I've, I didn't learn this from somebody else. This one's kind of been developed along the way, but I'm, 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 adamant about it because I believe this and it depends on your culture but I think this is the, the way that I want to lead is I want inspiration instead of accountability like mm. if I can inspire somebody if we run an organization that inspires people to want to do it for themselves we win if we're working off from an accountability perspective inherently accountability means I'm holding you to something that you said you're going to do but in essence the reason you're doing it is because I'm putting pressure on you now you said self-accountability, which I 100% agree with, right? Like have a hold a high standard. But in my opinion, I think self-accountability comes from inspiration. Right. That that is spot a, on. You know, so it's 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 like this fundamental, uh, positive power that is driving you towards something. Where accountability is, you know, me holding you to something that you said you're going to do. Now both are necessary in situations. I have a coach, and I pay a coach and I have a, I, he's in my face every single week and I do it on purpose because I want the accountability. Right. But in essence, I'm voluntarily signing up for that. You know, I'm, the, I'm doing that because I'm inspired to be more. And I, so I want from a leadership perspective, I want my example 
to inspire others to be self-accountable. I want them, I want, I want to inspire them to move towards the light instead of trying to hold their feet to the fire. Um, and and if and I've, it's not it's not easy and like we go through waves, but when the team and when the when the organization is inspired, it's just a different vibe, man. It's just a, it flows. It's easy. Like you can work on your stuff and the business is running itself. If you're trying to have your hand in everything and you can't understand why, you know, like you just put fires out all the time and when you put one out, then there's this issue and this issue. It's like maybe you're too involved. You know, maybe it's so reliant upon you because you're having to hold people accountable instead of just running in the direction that you should go and being on fire and people are coming from everywhere to watch you burn. Like, you know what I mean? Like that to me, the leaders that inspire me are the people that they're not slowing down to, you know, make sure I'm doing the thing. Like they're going so fast and so hard in a direction that like the people that want to keep up, those are the people that they're going to run with. And I want to be one of those people that, you know, that keeps up with them. So that I think that's a that's another core leadership uh, lesson that I've learned is like accountability only works in the short term. Inspiration works in the long term. Oh, I think, yeah, you're spot on um, with that and creating something that is inspiring for people to get behind, you know. Um, I think that's hard sometimes, especially if you're building your book right now, you know, you're building your agency. Um, you're just trying to make ends meet, you know, you're just, I need to get the next deal in the door and that's fine. You are inspired by something, right? But then as you go to start to bring on team members and to, um, you know, bring on additional people into your organization, I think, you know, you can, you can inspire them with a paycheck or you can inspire them with something bigger than a paycheck, right? And yeah. something different or bigger than a paycheck is all, it's going to make your life 10 times easier. You're going to achieve things 10 yeah. times bigger than what you ever could by people that are just showing up to get a paycheck, you know? And that's another thing we talk about internally all the time. You're probably always going to have, certainly as you grow the organization, you know, you're going to have those folks that absolutely come to just do their work and go home. Right. Um, and we always talk like, what's the balance, you know, to achieve what we want to achieve and to uh, get people rallying around the same message. Do we need to inspire 80% of our team, 60%, 90%? Like what's that balance? Right. And you're always striving for a hundred percent, but you're never going to get there. And so, um, something that we think about a lot is, is just how do we do that? What can we do? Um, and I yeah, think I was going to ask you, go I was going to ask you, if you don't mind, um, I'll ask you some questions because I have to think about it. What, so how, what are, what are some of those things, you know, if you say, okay, I, I'm getting beyond the, I used to pass the premium, let's get past the paycheck, right? Like what yeah. are some ways, what are some ways that you guys, you know, are looking to, create that pull outside of just you know the money what you know what what would be some of those things and maybe it's just singular i don't know no for sure we've done a few things it's been an evolution for us so we were you know different than how you guys started from scratch you know when i joined the firm it was an existing agency i would say right we had a few different producers building books of business and we really had to make the shift to building a business right so we were kind of building the, the the plane while it was in the air. Um, but so we kind of had to stair step it. The first thing we did uh, or very early on was twofold and they kind of go together, but we, we created and branded just our philosophy, right? Here's how we're going to operate. Here's 
the process we're going to go through with our clients. Here's the goal of that process, but it's all around our philosophy of being a risk advisor to those businesses. So we started there. Then we created what we call our brand compass and our brand compass is mission, vision, values on steroids, right? It's a big 11 by 17 poster that gets posted in everybody's office. And it just says the same thing, but in 18 different ways, right? You know, who are we, who are we serving? Why are we serving them? What are we doing? We have our stakeholders of the company, which uh, are not just shareholders. It's everybody that rely on us. Right. Um, and then we refer to that in a lot of different ways. Uh, we do a weekly video where we just talk about the things going on in the firm. We have superheroes in there, people that are living out that brand compass. Um, cool. But then, you know, the rallying message that we've now kind of gotten to is our, our role as a risk advisor is to serve those small businesses and people in our community that are ultimately driving all of our communities, right? They're the, they're the ones that are, you know, driving our economy, are keeping people employed, are really pushing, you know, for, for that in our, in our communities. And we're there to help make sure that those businesses achieve their goals, you know, go on to the next generation, whatever they're, whatever they want to do. And so that's kind of been how we've, we've summarized this down into a hopefully inspiring message, but it's, it is right. And it's way more fun to, for our team to be like, that's what we're doing. We're here to protect these communities, not just make a buck off the local business, you know? That's cool. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a mission worth getting up in the morning for, right? Like that's a noble cause that, that, that in essence, you know, that's a, in, in a mission, in my opinion, something that's never attainable, right? Like yep. it's, it's, a, it's an idea. You'll never, you're never going to physically be able to grasp that. But like you said, it's, it's that compass, it's that North Star. And that's super inspiring, man. I mean, what a, what a gift to be able to be part of a group of people that are serving, you know, the unsung heroes of America in essence, right? Like the people that uh, it's the engine of America that probably is underserved in most markets, yep. right? It's the it's the entrepreneur that took their entire life savings to open up this business and stake their livelihood on, right? Yeah. One one risk that's not you know seen or mitigated against could 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 derail that for a family. I just what a cool that's a great message for anybody that's listening to say you know what is this noble cause that someone can rally around that your team can rally around that says if the money was not an issue and gone would it be something that they would want to participate in because it made them feel a certain way it made them feel a level of significance like that's one of the i love uh, tony robbins six human needs um i probably won't get all of them but uh there's love and connection there's significance uh there is uh, uh 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 certainty there's uncertainty um uh, contribution. There's a, and I'm missing, missing one more, but so that, that has always been something I look at and go, okay, how do I hit as many of those human needs as possible? And if you can, if you can look at those six human needs and say that your mission hits those for somebody, you just get this jet fuel because mm-hmm. candidly, that's what people like. That's what we're all looking for. Like we're all looking for a certain level of feeling and we're all looking for a purpose. We're all looking for something being part of something that's bigger than ourselves, feeling that we're important, uh, spontaneity, you know, you never know what's going to happen that day. So you mix it up, keeps you on your toes, but also you want some level of security, which is certainty, some foundation security. You know that, you know, tomorrow's going to be fine. There's just these things that 
uh, instinctually when you're leading people, especially on a macro level, that we all function the same way. We may have a little de different derivative on our personalities and what's more important to us, but we all, in essence, are built essentially the same way. And, you know, that's why the great leaders of, of you know, that we have all look to with speeches and different moments in time you look at and you're, you're, you're just, I'm attracted to that. I'm just like pulled in because they strike these chords. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're building this stuff for your agency and your business, like it, I think it's really important. I, I think that's a cool tip that we've used that's helped us. It's like, how many of these spokes can we hit? Because in essence, then you're going to evoke and awake the human spirit within an organization. And that's where that inspiration comes from. Oh, totally. And as you're doing that, I would always recommend like, put it down in writing, put it on something. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but get it on something that then you can, number one, it, it requires you to organize your thoughts around it, right? But then number two, you always have something to reference. Like everybody knows when I say our brand compass, what I'm referring to, right? Uh, they may not know everything that's on it, but they know what I'm referencing and, and what we're talking about. And that just kind of gives you something concrete to go back to, right? Yeah. You, you want people it's to have It's not enough it. to say it. It's not enough to just say it and think yeah. that people know it. You want it everywhere. You need it branded. You need it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It's like a very good tip because that seems to be elementary and it seems to be, ah, no, no, no. We only have four people or we only have five people. You know, it's, this has kind of come back to what we were saying is like, you got to do it before it makes sense. It's like, well, what if it's three of us? It's like, well, we get it. We came up with it. We were all sitting in a room and we decided on, of course we don't. But it's like, yeah, but would that, would you do that if you had a hundred people? No, yeah. you wouldn't do that if you had a hundred people. So then if you're going to do it for a hundred people, you should do it when it's three of you. And that subtlety is so powerful because it's not a matter of the hundred people that are coming. It's a matter of the three people that you did it for, because now you're teaching yourself that you're going to have a hundred people, you know? And, and then you think about recruiting, like your best recruiting sources are, your team telling people they know that they want to be on this mission with yeah. that. Hey, you should look at, you know, talk, you, you should talk to Brett about coming on the team, you know, or whatever, because, but, but if you've trained them, you've trained your three people in that scenario as to what to be inspired about and what we're charging for and where we're going. And they know that there's no ambiguity in it. Right. They don't, they don't make their own version of it up because right. you've said it 10 different times, 10 different ways. They're going to recruit high level people to join that mission. Right. Um, and it's just, it's going to start to spread because it just, it naturally does. It's amazing. Like you said, when you almost like you put this stuff out in the universe and the universe brings it back to you, but it does, you're, you're constantly talking about it, putting it in front of more people. Um, and people do get inspired about it. Yeah, I'll share with you a mistake that we made with that that may help some people that are listening. Um, so we did our mission statement when we started, and it was like, now this is an opinion, and I got this from people that are very smart, and so I borrowed from it. Um, but we made this because we lived it. But we made this mission statement. And it was we, it was beautiful, right? But it was like four sentences, five sentences. It was like a short paragraph. Nobody could recite it, but if you looked at it and read it, they go, oh, wow, that's beautiful, right? And so we decided, like, this isn't genuine to us. Like, we just wrote this because we started it, and we thought it was important, so we just wrote it down. So number one, if, if you just wrote it down when you started, good, you wrote something down. Like, good 
for you. That's not bad, but it's also okay to change your mind. It's also okay to go, you know what? This isn't really where we are now. And so we've changed that. We've got back together and said, hey man, this isn't genuine to us. And to your point, Elliot, it's too complicated. Mm. There's too much here. Like it needs to be distilled down toward everybody and everybody can can just give it to you It's because it's so, so simple. Because then you're not getting the power of it. Like you said, you're not getting the word of mouth. You're not getting it. It's not duplicating. It's not uh, resonating away from you. It's really just held to when you can read it on a board, right? And in reality, you want it to carry with people when they leave the office. So we distilled ours down and it's created extraordinary lives. That's it. It's the American dream in essence. Yep. That's what we stand for. That's our mission, right? Like we want to create unstoppable, empowered human beings. And that's what that, that's everything that we do here. But it didn't always start that way. It started with this very, very long, fluffy mission statement and it was like, no, 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 how do we how do we do this in like three or four different, you know, three, three, four different works? Like how do we think this as simple as possible? And it took a while. Um, and I'll even share with you this. When we rebranded the marketing company that we did the rebrand, which is incredibly great, they did a really good job with the rebrand. But they 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 told us that they didn't. They basically they were disempowering us with the mission statement that we had because it wasn't client facing, because mm -hmm. they didn't know how to market it. Yeah. So as the marketing company, they wanted to do us market. They didn't know how to market it, so they didn't understand it. And the bottom line is, we had to make a decision that said, no, this is genuine to us. We need to take the internal. And make it external because this is always something that we're doing like we we're already doing this we we're living breathing sleeping this eating this like this is what we did but the world didn't know about it mm -hmm. and so taking what you do internally that you love and distilling it down to a message that is as simple as possible so you can take the internal and make it external and it always it doesn't have to start exactly where you start you know sometimes it's we just hang a sign out front and we start writing some insurance right it evolves you don't have to have it all figured out when you start yeah, I was going to say that exactly as you hit there at the end. I, I don't think that's a mistake as you referenced at the start. That's just your evolution, right? And that's one of the things I wrote down as we were yeah, talking. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people put off doing this because it's like, oh, it's not perfect. I can't roll it out yet because right. I, and you're always going to have that. It's like anything we do in life, right? Like, well, I can't run that half marathon because I, I haven't done this and I haven't gotten to here. You know, it's like, you're probably ready. You just got to go do it. You know, and, and that's what I, I encourage everybody is with, even with this stuff is if you, you know it, you may not be able to articulate it, but just get started with it, right? Start having conversations with your team, start, start with a four paragraph long mission statement because you just want to get it all on paper, right? Um, just start somewhere and it will evolve. It will come with you. If it's something you're truly living and it's something you truly believe in, it will evolve and it will come along. And I can promise you, you'll all of a sudden the light bulb will come on and it'll realize like, how can I make this? Or you're, you will realize how you can make it more impactful for people, but don't overthink it. You know, I just, I was even going to go back to starting with the end in mind. I think that's a similar deal, you know, where people want to design it out. Perfect. Like here's where I want to be in 15 years. And it's like, you know, BS just to say, here's what I want to be. You know, here's, that's what I love about like a just cause you were referencing with Simon Sinek. We'll talk, talk about what you want to accomplish is never fully achievable. Right. And that's what a just cause should be. Um, but it gives you a guiding star. It gives you something to make decisions on today so that you're closer in five years and 15 years and whatever. 
Um, but you just got to yeah. start down the path. You got to start right. The plan that you have isn't going to be the plan that gets you there, but you know, you got to have a plan, but I, I, that you just hit something Elliot, that is, is profound is that a just cause or a noble cause is your North star, but it's also what's going to allow you to do the, 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 we just talked about that inspiration part of leading people. If you don't have that North star, if you don't have that just cause, that noble cause, you can't do in my opinion, what's the most what's the most important thing to do from a leadership perspective? You can't sell the dream because yeah. you don't have a dream, right? Like somebody wants to know, what am I fighting for? Like what what does this system look like? Why is this worth it? And when you step back and say, hey, you know that business owner out there that you know just risk risked everything to take the step? They're three four years in, they're having success, and there is a massive Mac train coming their way, and they either going to have the right coverage or they don't, and that's going to have to do with the risk advisors that they have in front of them, and we are those people that protect those entrepreneurs and the lifeblood of this country, so every person that you talk to that tells you no is just somebody that's a maybe to get to the person that's a yes, right, like, in because what you do matters, right, you are part of an infantry of of, of insurance assassins that are protecting the lifeblood <laughs> of this country, right, like, that is a dream. Like that is a selling of a dream. And good leaders and, and inspirational leaders, they know how to sell the dream. And they sell it over and over and over and over and over to the point where your team may roll their eyes. <laughs> right. Like that's normal. Like I, 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 and if you don't have that just cause, you don't have that noble cause, in essence, you're you're recruiting and attracting people to come work for you for the money, for the paycheck. And the challenge with that is there's no amount of money that someone will ever be satisfied if they're a high achiever because we're progressive in nature, number one. And then number two, it's like, what happens if for some reason the money gets hit? Are they going to leave you? What happens if you fall on tough times? Are they going to leave you? Like easy come, easy go. Like if you have something rooted to where there's a dream, and you're fighting for something that matters, of course the money matters. Of course the money's important. No one's trying to pay for your friendship, but at the same time, it's like that can't be the only, that tree has to have more roots to that. And so yeah. if you get clear on that, in essence, your, your recruiting gets better, your sales get better, your culture gets better, because you're rallying around this one thing. This messaging now has, you have simply, if, 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 it's symbiotic in nature with all the different portions of the business because they're all rallying around that one message. So it's such a good point, man. Simplistic, knowing what it is and at least starting because if you don't, you just really have no competitive, you have no competitive edge. You're no different. You're no different than anybody that's right across the street, right? Uh, I mean, totally. And, and hitting on something you said there, it impacts recruiting, it impacts sales. You know, all of those, and they all work together when you have defined this. It's something that we've kind of actually stumbled into that we didn't realize is, you know, we just started to talk to clients and prospects much more about our vision, where we're going. You know, one of the, one of our key uh, tenants is to remain independent, right? We see all the M&A in our industry and we want to be clear, like we want nothing to do with that. We are remaining who we are, independent. Because uh, that's the best thing for our communities, for our employees, all the stuff, right? Um, we started to communicate that to prospects, to clients, just so that we're telling the message, right? And around here, I mean, it's every, all of the decent sized, mid sized firms have been bought up by the nationals or whatever. 
And we've had business owners that look at us and go, that is a refreshing, I'm trying to do the same thing. You know, I'm a, yes. I'm a plumbing contractor and all my yes. competitions are getting bought up. I get these calls all the time, but man, I want to set, I want to transition this thing to my son. It's just getting hard. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. And it's resonating just because we're being honest with our values to our clients. Yeah. Right. And man, I can't tell you how much we're going, we need to lean into this more, you know, that's because a, well, that's a clinic. It's like, yeah. why does that have to do with insurance? Why does that have to do with why I'm going to choose you? Like, why is that a, a coverage enhancement for my current policy? Like what other service are you providing? It's like, no, 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 no. Your this is such a clinic. Like, your story now matches up with the prospect story. Yes. Like if I were to show you this manual right here, part of the discovery process that we have, we've talked about this online here, what the discovery process, our discovery process starts with your story and their story and trying to find a match because those are the people that are going to stay with you for a long time. Yep. Those are the people that you're going to serve at a high level. Those are the people that are going to get value from what you do because like attracts like. So before we get into all the weeds on all this BS, this insurance stuff, this agency stuff, let's talk about a business building principle, your story matching the client story, your story matching the prospective uh, recruits story, your story matching uh, an association. I mean, whatever it is, all of a sudden, if you start there, now we have roots that are planted yeah. and it doesn't, we can figure out all the other stuff. It's just what you said, right? It's like, well, that resonates and because you're genuine, right? And they're like, man, I, I, I see that in you. I respect that in you. And I want to do business with somebody like that because that, that, that's, they understand me, right? Like it's, that's so valuable, dude. That's like, to me, that's, that's the one, that's probably the best thing that's been done for the last 30 minutes. Like that is a clinic. If you, if you just cut out the feature and benefits and you figure out what is your mission, what is your story, what is the essence of who you are as a as an organization, but also as you as a person. And if you look for people that will connect with that, it just it just becomes so much less. It's it's less friction, right? Yeah. It's less friction. So I got to follow up. I got to close. I got to push. It's like it becomes no. I just have to find more people that resonate with this. You know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and you're going to build better relationships with them. You know, like you said, they're going to be with you for the long term. And that's where I don't even like in our industry, the term sales, right? Because it shouldn't, I mean, yes, we are obviously selling, but we can all point to that client or multiple clients or whatever that you went through your entire sales process and it never felt like a sale, right? You didn't, mm -hmm. you didn't have to get over objections. You didn't have to tell your script perfectly. You know, they got like referred in because one of your other clients was like, Hey, these are the guys you need to do business with. And you meet and story matches story, like you were saying, and like, like tracks. And so it becomes super easy. You never feel like you're using any tactics, right? It's natural. Um, mm -hmm. And the more that you're telling this story, the more that that is going to resonate because you have something that somebody is going to be attracted to. We, we say all the time internally, like if we don't go through our process on the front end, and we call it our sales process, but if we don't go through that process, if we just go and we quote insurance or something, and we say we write the business, you know, we found a cheaper option or whatever. Well, now we're the insurance agent for that client. Yeah. We're not a risk advisor. They don't know anything about us. They don't, you know, they can't resonate with what we're trying to do. We are their insurance agent. 
And we've learned that when we do that and we shortcut that process, sure, we win the deal. But we're always now battling. You use the term friction. We always have a friction. Now, the client may not think because they just are like, you're just an insurance agent like everybody else, you know? Um, But guess what? When the next person comes by and says, I can save you 20%, they're going to take that call because we're an insurance agent just like that person, right? And so that's where this can can resonate uh, even more to where that client, if they, if they match with what your values are, mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve, just as we've been talking, they're not going to take that call. They're naturally going to say, well, what does that, you know, does that person want to remain independent? Do they, do they understand what I'm battling with? You know, the, my, my current partner's helping me in all these different ways. And maybe those are, one of those is insurance. The rest may just be helping them talk through the, you know, how are you going to get this thing to the next generation or whatever? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be way harder for them to take that phone call. You're going to maintain that. What is your ideal? We've all heard it in the insurance business. The insurance thing is what's your ideal client, right? And, you know, it's it's this many trucks. It's this industry. It's this type of business. It's this revenue size. It's right. That's your ideal client. But what about identifying what your value prop is in regards to your mission and your, and your just cause and your noble cause and what you want to rally around and then being able to match that with that other client's story, right? The like, psychographics. Is that, yeah, is, is that part of it? Like, you know, so, um, you know, it's... it's it, it should it's, be. It's, it, it should be. And it's the most it, important least, part. Sorry. And if it's at least not defined in regards to, you know, you're, you're looking up list building in regard, maybe it's intangible to the fact where you aren't able to, to, to get a demographic based around that. But wouldn't you want to lead with some of those questions? Wouldn't you want to find probing questions that lead you to understand kind of if that person is going to be one of those people? And I think later on in a career, these become more important. And I think um, uh, more mature producers um, start asking these questions because they've written the insurance. Sometimes you got to just do what you got to do. Like I'm I'm new in the business. I got to write what I got to write. You know, I'm having this conversation with a new producer in our office. It's like, we're not writing specific business. And he's asking, I'm like, look, man, take the sale. Like sometimes you got to get to level two by going through level one. Like you don't get to skip, you don't get to skip levels, but just understand that that's not necessarily going to get you what all that you want, beginning with the end in mind of where you want to be. That's not what's going to get you there. Unless you use this as a stepping stool to get to maybe your more ideal client, uh, because he's working with some clients that are just, they're just not ideal, right? They take yeah. up a lot of time. They're, they're not, they're never going to be pleased. They don't appreciate him for what he's doing. It's very transactional. There's no allegiance, but there's some nice meat on them. Like they're good. They're, they're good from a premium perspective, but understanding that's not going to get you where you're going to get to, but knowing what level you're in, I think the mature, I think the, 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 the longer you're in this business, you realize that, that I agree with you. That is the most important. Because that's going to give you a healthy lifestyle. That's going to give you a, 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 an ability to scale in regards to your capacity. It's also going to give you more confidence in regards to building relationships. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that come with that. But if you don't know what those are, in essence, you're not going to find those people that resonate with them because you don't even know what it is. You, know, you don't yeah. know what you're looking for, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, and I kept interrupting you there because I, it's, so spot on in the, I, I believe the psychographics, meaning how does the client think? What do they want? What are their goals? Where are they going? I think those matching or, or identifying those as your ideal client and finding people that match that is more important than the industry, the size, 
the whatever it is. Now, yes, that that stuff's all got to come and support what you can do and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to go out and build a business, you want those people that align with how you're building it and with what you're trying to achieve far more than you do a, you know, contractor versus a trucker or whatever, you know? And for my personal lines, people out there, like I'll give you a, I'll give you a tactical example of another mistake. And again, maybe it's not a mistake, Elliot. It's just an evolution, <laughs> right? But so we wrote a ton of property without any auto insurance in the beginning, right? Like, so it was just, we, we marketed and we built referral partners and we built a ton of homeowners business, but we didn't have the confidence to ask for the auto yet because, you know, we were trying to satisfy referral sources. We thought, well, if we, if we push the auto too much, they're going to stop using us for, for homeowners insurance. There's all these limiting beliefs that go on in your head when you're a newer agent and a newer agency at this point. I mean, we have four or five people. And all of a sudden you look at your book of business when you got 10, 12, 13, 14, 20 people, you're like, wow, like this is way out of whack. Like this is not our ideal client. But if you look at our book, 60%, 70% of the book is you're not ideal client. So now the service, the market has shifted down here in Florida and the service intensity just went through the roof, man. Yeah. It just, it just went like from zero to a hundred and anybody who's on here, they're probably nodding and going, Oh yeah, I get it. I, I totally <laughs> understand that. And what ended up happening is it wasn't a problem until it was a problem yeah, because, yeah. We be- because we didn't begin with the end in mind. And because we didn't say, no, we got to do this now. So later on, you know, when this, ha- like we didn't see that coming, right. We knew it, you know, it, somebody tells you about it, but from a practical standpoint, Hey man, we're going to write as much as we possibly can because you know, we're just moving, we're moving right now. And it caught up to us in a very, very heavy way. And we've had to shift a lot to be able to get back to what equilibrium is. And the first start of that was identifying who you're serving. Why are we serving them? We want people with all their stuff with us, period. End of story. Not, oh, yeah, I've been with State Farm with my auto, so I'll get you to do everything else. But I've been with them for 20 years and I love them, so I'm not going to do it. Most agents say, oh, well, I get that. That makes sense. Well, let me just quote it every six months when it comes up for renewal. <laughs> no, we're telling people absolutely not. Then go have State Farm write your write your homeowner's insurance. Oh, wait, they can't. Okay, great. Well, then make a decision because these are the people that we're serving. We're going to do it at a high level. This is our noble cause. This is why we believe that's in your best interest. But we're looking for the people that believe that too. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe it. The first three, four months, Staff had such a hard time converting. They had a really hard time because they're having difficult conversations. It created friction. But after they got good at communicating that message, that just cause, that conversation, dude, our numbers skyrocketed off the charts. Like our policy count per client has has gone up like 70%. Yeah. And the 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 level of of proficiency in our process now is so much better not because i think that we got better sale professionals or service professionals or got better with you know messaging as part of it but i believe it's because we identify from a leadership perspective it wasn't the staff's problem it was leadership's fault it was leadership's fault we had to decide who we're serving what the ideal client is what they believe and if they see value in that and then we're not going to convince people we're just going to sort through everyone and yep. we're going to find the people that get it, like a, a, a professional sort, amateurs convince, right? Like we're not <laughs> convincing here. We're going to sort through it. And man, we get huge results because of it. But that wasn't that wasn't a, a training issue. That wasn't a staffing issue. That wasn't a personnel issue. That was 
a leadership issue because we didn't make it clear enough and we didn't draw a line in the sand. So yeah, resonate with that. Man. Well, totally. And I think, you know, as you're building your business, I think that's the hardest thing for leaders to do because, or, or anybody in sales really is, you know, you're afraid of missing out on the sale or afraid of missing out on the revenue. You've got an opportunity sitting in front of you, you know, bird in the hand, that whole thing. Right. And I, I'm glad you said it. Cause I think you're spot on, like there are different evolutions of, of this, right. Where there's a period where you may need to write business to keep things going. Right. Um, and, and you just, you have to understand that and you just got to recognize it. It's just good to be thoughtful with it, but always knowing where you're going so that you can as quickly as possible, get to this point that you're referencing where you are sorting rather than convincing. Um, but it, it's, it's so spot on and it's refreshing when you actually get to the point where you are, you have that well identified and you start to have more conversations with those people that resonate with what you're doing. It's way more enjoyable. Uh, it's less stressful, you know, cause you're not trying to convince all the time. Um, yep. but I would tell anybody out there and I'm glad you said that too, is it seems like, uh, cause we, we've seen the same thing where you have this limiting belief where, well, if I start to do these things differently, you know, I'm not going to write as much business or people are, are going to, you know, start to say no or walk away. My current clients aren't going to like it. You know, all of this noise that comes in. And I think it goes back to number one, decide what's important to you with where you're going. And then yes, you're going to have people that don't agree with that. You're probably going to have some clients that maybe go somewhere else because they don't like this new you or whatever that they're seeing. That's okay though, you know, as long as you're getting aligned with the people that see your vision and want to, to see it through with you, um, you're going to be in a much better spot, not only personally, not only, you know, as a firm, but also revenue, uh, it, it follows doing the right activity, right? So I, I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you kind of hit on a few of those things and I love the, the honesty and here's some things that we did wrong because, you know, that's the other thing I think is we live in the Instagram world, right? Where we see everybody's rose covered pictures and that's not it, right? You know, most, most everybody is in the trenches grinding too and trying to figure it out as you go. And you just, you try something, you screw up, you learn and you move on, you know, but as long as you're trying things that bring value to the people that you're trying to serve, everybody, I mean, 98% of people understand and are like, yeah, Hey, you know, no worries. Thanks for being honest. And you move on. So, yeah. No um, well, man, that was, that was awesome. We could probably keep going. I've got a, a list of other things that I wrote down for future conversations. So yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get another one on for everybody. This was fun though. Um, I love this conversation just because I think it's what a lot of people I feel like are, are in the trenches grinding every day and maybe don't have a thought partner, don't have somebody to have these conversations with. And hopefully just you and I bantering back and forth for a while, maybe helps one or two people and helps you get to the next stage and uh, learn from our mistakes and what we're doing and what we're trying. And, you know, it'll, uh, it'll all work out. So appreciate the time, man. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for setting this up. This is uh, I, I agree with all that sentiment. This is a fun conversation. It's one that's evolving. It's never static. Um, so and anybody that's listening just you know just know the higher the level the bigger the devil man it doesn't get easier yeah uh, you just got to evolve and get better so i appreciate you allowing us to appreciate you allowing me to share 
setting it up, man. I, I enjoy it. Sounds good, dude. Catch you next cool, time. Man. All right, brother. See you.